Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle Frank and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com. Welcome, one and all, to the Wednesday, February 28th edition of Fantasy Sports Daily, powered by FantasyGuru.com. Kyle Elfrink and Ray Flowers hanging out with you for the next hour. Also, word of warning, Justin Finsterman will join us later in the hour, but uh, we'll hold off on him and the basketball for a bit. Ray, it is great to see you. Uh, How are things going on this Wednesday? They're going all right. I forgot to load up the uh, little graphics we have for the show, so I'm hurriedly doing that now. But in general, I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? More graphics are better than looking at me, Ray. So oh, okay. those graphics are coming. Um, I, I will let you know this because Ray's always fascinated by some of the uh, wild weather fluctuations here in the Midwest. You know, Ray lives a uh, charmed life in the Bay Area where it's generally between uh, 50 and 80 degrees all year long. And, you know, there, there are weird days, but, but nothing like we get. Yesterday, Ray, uh, we hit a high of 83. Very warm. Very, very warm for February. Uh, by about three this morning, it was down to 30 degrees. In fact, I looked at the high and low yesterday, Ray. It went from 83 to 29 in 24 hours. How about that one? 83 to 29? <laughs> yeah. I thought you'd get a kick out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, we get, I mean, when our, we have a day like that, it's, you know, <laughs> 59 to 39, right? It's a normalish kind of thing. So I, I don't know, Kyle. That that to me is, is is a pretty wild one. You guys have humidity and all that stuff too, so you you guys got some weather there that I don't know how well this guy would handle. Yeah, it's it's chilly today and uh, back to more February like temperatures. Yesterday was was very abnormal, I would say. Another thing that Ray likes, uh, we're going to talk about today on the show uh, a Solds League, because uh, yesterday, if you caught it, uh, Ray was just leaving what we do here at FSD, and he was going to immediately go into his Tout Wars draft room for a Solds League, which is also an innings pitch league, which is also an OBP league. That draft is completed. We're going to talk about it today on Fantasy Sports Daily. And just a sneak peek, Ray Flowers seems very happy with how this draft went, which Ray is not known as the happiest man in the world. There's always something for Ray to, to complain about. Very true. <laughs> this, I, I read the, I read, Ray, I read the review. Mm-hmm. Over at Fantasy Guru, it's up now. People can check it out. It was it was very positive. You, you, you walked out of this room with an extra pep in your step, didn't you? Well, I, I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. And whether that was the right thing or not, <laughs> we'll find out. But yeah, I uh, talked to Steve Phillips. Uh, he seemed to like the team too. And when the former GM oh. likes your team, you feel good about it as well. But yeah, uh, for what it was worth, the plan was executed properly. Now we'll see if the plan had any validity. Very good, very good. So again, we'll uh, break down that uh, Solds team and some of the strategies that Ray employed. What else? We'll get stars back on the uh, spring training diamond. We told you yesterday that both Sale and Otani would be making their spring debuts on Tuesday. I think it's fair to say they were pretty good debuts. Um, A couple of other guys uh, made their debuts and eh, so-so. Alec Manoa, not good. A a, a guy who could really raise his... uh, his uh, ADP, I think it's fair to say, in the month of March, didn't get off on the right foot as he tries to figure things out. So we'll talk about Manoa. Speaking of ADP, uh, we will spotlight those that uh, Ray thinks are maybe a bit too expensive going into 2024. We will continue our discussion of all things outfielders this week on the show. Yesterday was the surprises. Today we'll do the bums. Team preview, we'll take a look at Shohei Atani's old team, the LA Angels. Um, staying in LA, Walker Bueller is uh, not going to make his debut, but he is going to face live hitters. So we'll take a preview of that. Mentioned Justin with the NBA and uh, NFL news yesterday. We said, hey, nobody wants these running backs. Today, we'll tell you that everybody wants wide receivers. So uh, better to be a wide receiver than a running back in 2024. Better to be a fantasy guru subscriber than anything else in the world. You know, some people want to be a great son, a great husband an industry titan. Other people, Ray, know how to really do it. They become fantasy guru subscribers. That, that That's really a goal that everyone, I think, should have for this year. Tell them how they can reach that goal. Yeah, we've got a lot of ways to get involved, most directly getting the baseball product now through the regular season, the entirety of the regular season. You can sign up now. The early bird pricing goes away next week, so get in this week before the price goes up. 
Use the promo code FSD20, FSD20. That gets you a 20% discount on the already discounted price. So you want to make sure you do that. Uh, we've also got the all-in package, which includes hockey and basketball, racing, um, soccer, uh, college basketball, includes all of that, wagering and DFS. And that's available right now. I think it's 75, but there's even a promo mm. code actually for that. You can find the promo code for that if you want another discount on that product, which again is all those sports. On the Game Time Show, uh, myself and Justin Fensterman, Monday through Thursday on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio, 8 to 10. On that show, we actually have a promo code that we give away each night to get even more of a discount on that $75 product that includes like seven sports. So you can check that out as well. But to always use that promo code FSC20 if you get an opportunity. Sign up with us. we got football, baseball, basketball, hockey, racing, soccer. All of it is covered. You get access to the articles, Discord, all that good stuff over at FantasyGuru.com. Gray's busy on this Wednesday. He's with me. He's with Jeff. He's with Justin. Now, Ray, be honest. Who do you prefer working with the most? Yeah, uh, so I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you have the inner debate while I take a sip of water. Okay. I I, will, I don't need much time, Kyle. I'll say you first. Um, <laughs> I, no, you know, I think it's it's funny because like everyone's got a different style, right? And so it it you know you and I have worked together for so long, and I feel like we we understand how the rhythms and all that work, and. With Jeff, you just got to let him yell and do his thing. I'm learning Justin because Justin's the newest yeah. one of the three. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting because all three of you do things differently. All three of you bring different energies and have different systems. So it's a challenging but fun day on Wednesdays for me. Yeah, it's kind of weird for me to feel like the buttoned up guy versus <laughs> versus a crew of other guys. But I think, I look, I even wear a collar. How often does Jeff wear a collar to wear? Oh, never. Yeah, yeah. not often. Uh, great to have everybody with us as we get rolling here on a Wednesday. Um, again, here each and every day, 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, join us on YouTube, X, uh, Facebook. Become a subscriber to the podcast. We love those people. Catch us in audio form at your leisure. You can uh, download that and listen to us uh, wherever your travels take you. Okay, let's get into it, Ray. Uh, tell us about this Solds team, which uh, Ray is predicting will win the title in Tout Wars. Right, Ray? That, that's how good this team is, correct? Uh, I don't know if I'm going that far, Kyle. Let's okay. not put words in my mouth. But okay. I will say that I did like it. And again, there, you know, everyone has different strategies, and you can look at teams and see how they were put together. A 15-team mixed league is challenging, especially when it's against other people that do this professionally. So there's very few players that you end up you know, sliding 50 spots past their ADP or some, you know, guy you thought was a sleeper doesn't really happen. So it's always challenging to put a team together in a format like this with that group of people that you're drafting against. But I did think it turned out fairly well. Uh, categorically, Ray, three categories are different. You know, you see them there at the top. It's no batting average. It's OBP. It's no saves. It's solds. It's no wins. It's innings pitched. Um, you even noted in your article, the write-up's available at fantasyguru.com. Um, OBP, you hit it early. And you, you feel really good about that category. And it allowed you to do some things with more of the uh, slugging, low average variety kind of players later in your draft. Yeah. And I think that there is oftentimes, and we talk about this a lot, when you're in a new or a different format, a lot of times you tend to focus directly on that change and you maybe miss other things. I think when we're talking on base percentage, they kind of go hand in hand because as we talk about all the time, really on base percentage is a great tool to understand a player's performance, right? Uh, you can be an extremely successful fantasy player with a 312 on base percentage. You you can't really be a crappy one with a 390 on base percentage, right? It really, they kind of go hand in hand. So I think focusing a little more directly on, on base percentage in that setup helps. Uh, I think that I was able at the start to, to build a base of guys that were absolutely fantastic. I got the number two guy in baseball in Otani. I got the number four guy in baseball in Yandy Diaz. I got the guy who was 10th at first base. Remember, it's a 15-team league. 10th at first base in Justin Turner. I got Alex Bregman, who was the number one on-base percentage guy at third base. And Brendan Nimmo was eighth in outfield. Hmm. So I felt really good about that. And as you, as you said, that allowed me to take shots on a couple of guys like a Salvador Perez who's got a really bad on-base percentage, allowed me to take a shot on that guy and say, just give me the counting category numbers. I don't care if his OBP is 296. I got all these other guys. How about the uh, sold stuff? How did that work for you? Because that's probably the most unique. And you write about this every year. You've been pushing for leagues to go in this direction. Um, how did it work out for you against the other 14 Tout Wars members? Yeah, it's interesting. I think the seventh round is when, and this article over at fantasyguru.com has got links to the draft board and my write-up. It's free. Everyone can check it out. Uh, I think the room 
waited until the seventh round before they started going to relievers, which is about four rounds later than they normally do. So they really slow played it relative to, to what is normal. Uh, I ended up with one, one real closer. My real closer was Alex Lang in the 24th round, which is kind of interesting. Um, the bench round. Yeah, the bench round, right? Because we go 23 starters. So, you know, I think that, I think that, you know, I got Kyle Finnegan, Alex Lang, Roldis Chapman, and Robert Stevenson. Robert Stevenson was arguably the best reliever in baseball in the second half last season. Roldis Chapman rediscovered who he is. And I mean, he had 100 strikeouts and 58 innings or whatever the hell it was. Uh, and then again, Lang is, is the closer for the Tigers and Finnegan, whether he's the closer or the setup guy with Harvey, I mean, again, this is a souls league, so it doesn't matter. So I, I legitimately think I got four guys that have a strong chance of 25 to 30 souls. So I felt really good about that. And the only one, only one of them did I take before the 23rd round. So I, I, again, that's another part I was pleased with. I felt like I executed that part of the plan. Well, and then let's hit that third category innings pitched. Um, because there's some names on here, gosh, I'd say certainly your first uh, three and four of your first five and five of your first seven. I mean, you, you've got guys who, you know, we, we can pick at everybody and say he's not good here, he's old here, whatever. Mm -hmm. But innings, which again, it's category people. You know, if you have eight wins, I don't care. If you're getting me 180 innings, that's what I care about. Uh, you got some innings here. I mean, just those raw innings from guys like Valdez, Ryan, Barrios. I mean, he even Lance Lynn, mm -hmm. obviously Marcus Stroman. I mean, all these guys, you know, in, injuries can happen wherever. But these guys, Ray, have shown the ability to not only do it once, but twice, three, four times. I mean, these guys eat up innings and get outs every year. Yeah, and again, like you said, you could pitch really well and win 10 games and pitch moderately well and win 16. We see it happen every year. Innings are innings, and that's the category. We don't care about wins. We care about innings. And as I detailed in the article, I went through it this way. Valdez, Ryan, and Barrios, I think all three guys are 170 innings, 170 strikeouts. I think that's that's fair, right? All I consider all those guys safe picks. Then I took a risky pick with Lodolo. Then I took a safe pick with Stroman. Then I took a risky pick with Scherzer. Then I took a safe pick with Lynn. Then I took a risk pick with Skeens. So I felt like I navigated that, again, well, because I alternated guys that were, brought me stability. I went with some young guys that were unproven. I went with some veteran. You know what I mean? I, I like the mix. And whether it's the right mix, whether it sets up properly, you know, again, that's we, we all get focused on draft day about, oh, my team looks great or whatever. It's like mm -hmm. I, I like the way it came together. And I think there was logic behind it. Uh, so we'll see again if the plan ends up working out. So much of this comes down to the health of players over the long run. So that is a look at the uh, Solds League for Tout Wars. And again, Ray not only has more on uh, his squad, but also you can connect to the draft board and kind of see where everybody has uh, slotted some guys. Uh, Labor and Tout, we, we are reaching the month where those two expert leagues really take off. In fact, this upcoming weekend, uh, the Labor auctions will be uh, taking place. Ray and I will be a part of the Draft coverage over at SiriusXM, uh, Saturday or Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. A couple weeks from now, Tout Wars in New York City, and there's drafts throughout. So if you're looking for what the experts are doing, uh, head over there. SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio can help you out. Uh, let's get to some spring training action from yesterday. We don't always do this on the show, but Ray uh, Shohei Otani mm -hmm. made his Dodgers debut. Um, he struck out and hit into a double play, I think, on his first two at-bats. So he wasn't even worth $2 million. At that point, uh, then he came up the third time, hit a two run homer. So that was exciting. Go. That was yeah. fun to see. Uh, Chris Sale made his Braves debut. Probably as good as it could be. Um, six up, six down, four strikeouts. Really good. Uh, give it up for Byron Buxton. He made it into and off center field. That's impressive, Ray. Getting onto the field and then coming off the field without an injury. So we'll call that a win. Okay. We cannot call Alec Manoa a win, Ray. Uh, this one's ugly. Three hit batters, four runs allowed in an inning and two thirds. So that that quite quickly, Ray, can <laughs> can blow up the idea of oh, I'm going to get Alec Manoa in the 24th round. Maybe, maybe people and hey, we got a month of, of results mm -hmm. still to come. But let's just say the start for Alec Manoa is not what people want to see from from their deep late pick in upcoming drafts. It's not, but I I, I was surprised to see some touts saying it's fine. I'm like. That's rose-colored glasses if you think that's fine because, you know, the velocity was there. Okay, great. <laughs> Nothing else was. Like, yeah, like, come on, man. I'm like, 
and, and Manoa himself was kind of like, it was okay, you know, so we'll put a brave face on it. It's one outing in the grand scheme. Who the hell cares? But uh, I think if someone right now is saying they're not concerned about yesterday, they're either drinking or they have really bought into the rebound potential here. And I, we've talked about this. I'm just not, I'm just not, yeah. there's too much volatility there. If he rebounds, which is certainly possible, great, right? And if you're the person that wants to take that chance, have at it. But I, I just, I can't get a handle on this to the point where I think Alec Manoa's got a legitimate chance to return to where he used to be, so I'm just out. you got to remember, the Blue Jays want him in their rotation, so they're going to give them more opportunities to see if they can salvage something um, in terms of, you know, taking your shot on on Manoa. It's, it's still a long shot. I mean, he's going around 400th in drafts, and I don't think yesterday's going to help that. And all of the guys there, I mean, Ray, there are some names here. I mean, like James Paxton, Frankie Montas, Trevor Rogers, um, Sean Mania, Jack Flaherty. I mean, these are the guys you're looking at there. Um, to me, a couple of those other guys I'd rather take a shot on than Manoa. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just feel that Manoa, it's over a year now that he just seems to have lost it. Whereas at least these other guys, you know, Frankie Montas, I'll give that a shot. I know he's mm-hmm. skillful. You know, he may only throw eight games, but. I'll take a shot on the skill set. Trevor Rogers, kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Josiah Gray's sitting down there. So there are just other guys I kind of feel better about than taking a shot on this guy who literally, if you're in a weekly setup, Ray, could blow up your ratios with one start and sink you in a head-to-head contest that week. Yeah, and I mean, really, when you're at that point of the draft, too, when you start hitting the 300s, you know, to me, that's when you start taking chances, like Paul Skeens, who I drafted from the, the Pirates. Yeah. Like, give me a chance on a guy... Louis Varland, you know, give me a chance on, like you said, Frankie Montas, who looked good in his outing too. Yeah, give me a, give me more of a, more of an upside play. I hate the word, but give me more of an upside play than Manoa. I just at this point in time, and I hope I'm wrong, because I think he's good for baseball and all that kind of stuff. But at this point in time, I just can't look at Manoa as an upside play. Yeah, we're we're all taking risk at that point. He's just not really the risk I I want to invest in, if you will. So we'll continue to see how it goes for Manoa. This kind of uh, follows up, Ray, into discussing uh, the article we want to profile from the Fantasy Guru Draft Guide, uh, talking about ADP. And, you know, you're, you're writing this article a little bit before March, obviously. And, you know, people might say, well, how do you know ADPs? A lot of these things do hold steady. There are maybe 2% of players, if that, who see a big lift or downfall in ADP. And once these numbers are set, Ray, way back in January, they don't budge a great deal. You know, even getting up a round or two higher in average draft position is is pretty dramatic. So you've got this column looking at guys that, to you, are a bit pricey. So we see uh, Aaron Judge, Jordan Walker, Francisco Alvarez. We're actually going to dig deeper into Judge and Walker a bit later when we talk about outfielders who were let down. Or I should say Stanton and, and Walker, not Judge. I always just kind of throw those two guys together. Um, let's start with Judge Ray. Th- th- this is is one that uh, people love. Aaron Judge, you know the all time home run leader, all this stuff. Eleventh. Um, talk about why the ADP to you is just too pricey for this guy who obviously uh, can perform as one of the top two players, I think, in fantasy baseball if he puts it all together. We saw two years ago what that can look like for him. Yeah, I, I think that. In the, I had this discussion in the Discord over at FantasyGuru.com. And remember, if you want to sign up, use that promo code FSD20. And uh, there was a fella that was in a uh, points league and he was talking about like, you know, I have the second pick. If Acuna goes first, what direction do I go? And we talked about some names and he mentioned Judge. And it's like, I'm not going to say Judge is wrong at the second pick in in a points league. I'm not going to say he's wrong at the 11th pick in a Roto League. I'm not going to say it's wrong. I just think it's too costly. And the reason for that is, is there are many reasons, but I'll go through them quickly. One, I don't want my first guy to have physical concerns. He's got physical concerns. He admits his toe ain't right. They're going to try to play him in center field because Stanton can't play defense. Uh, I don't know how that's going to look. Okay. We also, two, Judge is 6'8, 270 pounds, or whatever the hell he is. Guys aren't that big to play baseball. We really don't know how that body's going to age. Three, two times in six years, he's played 115 games. So you start adding this all up. That's not to say he can't win the MVP like he did two years ago. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that he can't be the number one player in fantasy. It's possible, right? It is possible. But I just look at the fact that I can't trust him to be on the field enough. And when I can't trust him to be on the field enough, Kyle, I just don't want to spend a first round pick on that. Yeah, it, it's a, in all of these guys, we've talked about the first round. It's loaded. I mean, there are talented guys. You could, I mean, here's a guy going 11th, right? Unlike the calls, but he's going 11th. And nobody would wake up and say, wow, that's wild that he was the AL MVP. Or, oh, that's wild that he finishes a top two or three player overall. 
-hmm. in fantasy baseball. But that goes for any of those guys in the first round. They're all that good. I mean, they're that high level of a talent. Um, so you start having to, to nitpick. And to me, looking at games played and what you said, Ray, is not nitpicking. A lot of people say, oh, injuries, injuries, and, and they get upset when you bring this stuff up and you can't predict injuries. And, and my retort for many years now has been, you are 100% right. I cannot predict injuries, but I can expect them. And with Aaron Judge, I expect injuries. Uh, now, maybe it's just semantics, but that's always what I've come back with. You're right. I, I can't tell you when Judge is going to get hurt. I can't expect him to get hurt. Um, it's like any stock. I, I don't know when it's exactly going to go down or go up, but I can expect it to go up at some point in the next two months, three months, whatever it may be. And that's how you have to play it on the injury front. Um, Jordan Walker, again, we'll touch on him. Francisco Alvarez here, Ray. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think it's fair to say as a catcher, a rookie catcher last year, not much to moan about. I mean, it, it, it was strong. It was solid. We can't find catchers who can hit. This is a catcher who can hit, Ray. I mean, we've already seen that. He's still young, probably mm -hmm. has an everyday role, but you don't like that current ADP. Yeah, I mean, for all the success he had last year, he hit 209. Um, he can hit left-handed pitching, or at least hasn't shown an ability to hit left-handed pitching yet. Uh, I think most projections I've seen have him hitting seventh or eighth, so we're not seeing a huge volume there in terms of workload. And so when I talk about a guy who can't really hit lefties, a guy who doesn't produce batting average, a guy who's down in the order, I start then looking around at the position, and it's as much about, can, can Alvarez repeat what he did last season? Absolutely. Am I expecting him to improve? Not really. I wouldn't be shocked to be at 29 home runs, you know what I mean, that kind of thing. But I start looking at this position, and it's like, look at his price point. It's, a, you know, 147th, right? Mitch Garver is 175. Just give me Mitch Garver. Like, it's, you know, he's a Mitch Garver is a better hitter without question. He's a better hitter. I don't know if he can stay healthy. I don't know if he's going to get 450 plate appearances. But Mitch Garver is going to beat him in batting average potentially by 50 points. He's got a very legitimate chance to match him in the uh, home run and RBI columns. And he's 50 points cheaper. Mm -hmm. And I start, so I start playing that game, Kyle, of, would I, would I be okay with Alvarez as my catcher one? Yeah, I'm okay with that. But when I'm talking about a guy who's not going to steal, who's not going to give me batting average, I start thinking to myself, do I want to go in at that point of the draft or am I just going to be patient and wait for some of these other catchers? Well, and I say the guy can hit, and then you bring up, oh, we hit 209 or whatever. I, I feel that's going to be better. But as we can see, for those who can see the uh, document there in the uh, image, the expected average, Ray, was – awful too and it, i guess it comes down to this guy's hitting too many ground balls right now and i i feel that with experience that can change and maybe he can take advantage of, of things he does better i i feel that he's jumping that average 20 25 points this year okay sure now is that good i mean you're two, 230 <laughs> 235 but that now puts you more in that would that be enough or would that still like ray if i gave you a 235 average are we because mm -hmm. that 209 is a sore thumb Right. And it's it's easy to say, God, I don't want to draft a guy in the top 150 that hit 209. You know, this is Joey Gallo, who I can get at pick 500 nowadays, you know. But but does a 235 lift make that more sensible, or is that still too too pricey if I told you he's going to get yeah. there this year? I think that would help, yes. I think I'd feel more comfortable with that. But I also would say this. I, I threw out the name of Mitch Garber as someone I like. Shay Langoliers with the uh, A's is a very similar – he has a very similar prospect status, a guy that doesn't have batting average, a guy's going to hit a lot of power. His numbers and Alvarez's numbers were very similar last season. Langelier's going to play every day for the A's. They've got no one to take playing time away from him, right? His ADP is 100-plus spots later in the draft. And, you know, if either one of these guys hit 209 or 231, wouldn't be surprised. If either one of them hit 18 home runs or 28 home runs, wouldn't be surprised. I'm just going to take Langelier's. He's 100 picks cheaper at draft. Mm -hmm. I think so it's not... It's not that I'm out on Alvarez. I think the cost, though, makes me very cautious that he's the right selection at that point in time. Yeah, and it's it's almost like, okay, in the first round, you have $100 to spend. Who do you want to spend it on? Second round, you have $95 to spend. Who do you want to spend it on? And and then you get to this point where Alvarez, it's like, okay, you've got uh, 80 bucks to spend, 75 bucks to spend. Who do you, do you want to spend it on Francisco Alvarez? When, as Ray just noted, maybe you get that same player, a very similar player, or 40 bucks you know, roughly speaking. So do check out the column. You will get it if you sign up.
for the Fantasy Guru Draft Guide, you also get the whole season. So uh, you'll get more names that Ray feels are a bit too costly. Um, again, Jordan Walker, we're going to talk about him next because, Ray, we moved to the outfielders. Uh, we're going to talk about guys who uh, may be too costly, but also are coming off seasons that were uh, significant letdowns in 2023. We got a few names here. Uh, Walker, you see Conforto right there. Um, Giancarlo Stanton, who I mentioned. Dylan Carlson, another Cardinal would be on this list. Dalton Varsho. So we're going to talk about these guys. Let's start with Jordan Walker. I, I like Jordan Walker, Ray, and I think he's going to have a good season. Now, that ADP, I think, was 110, if I remember the previous yep. page. Um, that that might be – I don't know if that's too high for me. I, I think he is going to hit, and I think he's going to be one of these guys who who drives in runs, hits home runs, uh, gets that average you know, into the 250s, 260s or so. I think he's going to be solid, and I think it'll be a continual lift. I don't think this year is like breakout Jordan Walker, but I think we see – more improvement there. Last year was a disappointment. And and again, Ray, it's a young guy. He shows up in baseball. We want everybody to be Julio Rodriguez. We want everybody to be Ronald Acuna. Yep. We want everybody to be you know Gunnar Henderson, whoever it is, and just hit and hit and hit as soon as they show up. Walker really didn't. Um, he was trying a new position. He got sent to the minors. He got brought back. Like there are some baked in excuses here, Ray. I still look at the skill set and the tools and, and I see a legitimate middle-of-the-order hitter in the next two or three years. Yeah, I think in the case of Walker, I mean, let's remember, too, he was 20-2-0, like the promo code FSD20. He was 20 <laughs> He was twenty years old when the season started last year. Like, I mean, he doesn't turn 22 until May this year. Like, he's still extremely young. And back 10, 15 years ago, he wouldn't even have had a major league at bat. Maybe he got called up in September, right? So he really got fast-tracked because of his talent level and his talent level is damn impressive. And you know, when you're 20, 21 years old and you go out and hit 276 with 16 home runs, that's a win, man. That's a, that's a, now was that up to expectations where a lot of people were saying he was going to go 2020? No, it's not, but he was really good. And I think he, he fall, he fell, excuse me, into that area of the expectation game, just being too pronounced. Can he develop into a 2020 guy? Could he develop into a 290 30, 18 guy that's driving in 100 runs. Absolutely, he could develop. And, and I didn't see anything last year that made me think that's not possible. The expectations were too high last year. And I agree with what you said. I I, I expect him to be better this year and potentially substantially so. But I don't expect him to go 2020. I don't expect him to hit 300. I don't expect him to be a star this season. I think in a best case scenario, he becomes Brian Reynolds, which is a really good player. But I think that's a best-case scenario. I think there was just too much hype on him last season. I, I feel like uh, maybe two, three years ago, Ray, we were in this very same spot with his teammate. Another name we got on this list, Dylan Carlson. And, you know, I remember having those back and forth and, and hearing people who were fired up about Carlson, mm -hmm. hearing people who were hesitant with Carlson. Now, Ray, I just hear hesitancy all around. And even the Cardinals, uh, he's still on the team, but he doesn't have a gig in the outfield, which is – Fairly sudden for a guy who was just like Walker Ray when he got called up. That's one of the top 10 hitting prospects in baseball, top five even. This guy's going to make all-star games. We've had none of that from Carlson. And like with so many other cases, injuries can be pointed at. But even when he's been out there, Ray, the results have just been very blah for Dylan Carlson. It's not like we've seen, oh, wow, look at these numbers. If we could just keep him on the field, it's like, wow, if we keep him on the field, we're hoping he hits 240. You know, it's it's really fallen off a cliff for a guy like Carlson entering this year. Yeah, and I'll tell you, Carlson, as Kyle said, was an elite prospect, top 10 in all of baseball. Uh, he was a guy that was supposed to go 2020, 2015 every year, play good defense. I'm in a 15-team dynasty league, okay, where we just, this week, we're cutting our rosters down to 40 players. So we're going to start our draft. So 15-team league, 40 roster spots. Dylan Carlson was player 41 for me. I cut him. Wow. <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was, I sat there for like an hour looking at numbers and, you know, what am I? And I ended up keeping Dustin May, which I don't know. We'll see if that works or not. Cause Dustin yeah. May, obviously his arm keeps blowing up, but it was like, cause I, I looked at this and it's like, yeah, I'd love, I love Dylan Carlson, but what, you know, can he even be who he was in 2021? And I, I don't think he's got any chance of getting 500 plate appearances with the Cardinals this year. Right. I think that the only way that really happens is if he gets traded or, they deal with multiple injuries. 
He's only 25, but he, to me, and you, you, I see if you agree with this, Kyle, he needs to change the scenery, right? Like they yeah. need to, he needs to be somewhere else and someone needs to give him an opportunity to go out there and be the new Brian Reynolds. Michael Conforto, uh, Ray, you have always been cool to the idea of Michael Conforto. And I feel like he is a guy who got a lot of New York City hype, you know, just being in that market and, you know, being with the Mets and being a young up and coming guy. He has not been a bad baseball player. But he's had bad moments. He's had good years, bad years. The, the issue with Conforto, Ray, is last year was really light, like very, very quiet. And it comes following an entire year that was wiped out with a fairly significant shoulder injury. He's now in his 30s. You know, this discussion is kind of like who can rebound. Are, are we past that point with Conforto? I kind of feel like we are. I'm, I'm not willing to, you know, fork over the ticket to take the ride on Michael Conforto this year. Yeah, I think Conforto is one of these players that if you're in the mixed league and it's, you know, May 12th and one of your guys gets hurt in the outfield, that it's go check him out on the waiver wire and pick him up, right? Like, oh, he's done well the last three weeks. They, they face a bunch of righties this week coming up. Let's grab Michael Conforto. The last two years have been eerily similar statistically, uh, and it comes on the heels of the shoulder injury that you mentioned, and he he just doesn't drive the ball like he used to. He just mm -hmm. doesn't. You know, he's still an effective baseball player. He's still likely to, to, you know, on a second division team, like unfortunately the Giants are at this point, play most days, you know, certainly against the, the right-handed pitching. But, you know, is he going to rebound to the levels of, you know, an 850, 900 OPS like he's posted in the past with 30 home runs? I just don't see it. The lefty problem is there. The health is there. The inability to drive the baseball is there. And his home park in San Francisco also precludes him from getting crazy. Your coolness on Conforto is followed by your coolness on Giancarlo Stanton, which, uh, you know, this is not something, well, eventually you're going to be right. This is something going on for years, Ray, with Stanton. And now we're at a point where it, it, again, last year was painful to watch him play. And he's so stiff in the box. He's so stiff with his swing. On the base pass, he's a joke. You mentioned earlier he can't play in the outfield. I mean, this is... You know, you like to say, oh, boy, bad luck for the Mets. This is not bad luck for or for the Yankees. This is not bad luck for the Yankees. They, they signed up for this, and Ray ignored the signs, just like they did with Carlos Rodon. Uh, they, they ignored the signs. They chose them. You know, you made your bed, sleep in it. For fantasy owners, Ray, we don't have to make our bed. We don't have to sleep in it. We can totally pass on this guy. Is there anything left? I, I just feel again, Ray, it's kind of cooked at this point. Now, maybe he blows up in my face and he gets 135, 140 games and God love him if he does. But I think we're much more likely to see 80 games than to see 130 games of Giancarlo Stanton. Well, think about it. The last two years, his OPS has been 729. The last Terrible. two years, Michael Conforto, it's 724. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, one guy's a lefty, one guy's a righty, one guy's got a better ballpark. Okay. And, you know, to his credit, Stanton is still at 30 home runs to the last three years, right? Oh, he does. Oh, he does. Yeah. But, but he, you know, he's hit 202 for two years. I mean, he has become a way less athletic Joey Gallo. That's what he's become. And, I, I mean, you know, would it stun me if Stanton hit 40 home runs? It wouldn't stun me. Would I expect that? Hell no. I would much more expect what we saw last year. And, you know, it, it'll be interesting to track him because he – Obviously lost a ton of weight on purpose for those people that haven't seen the videos. He no longer looks like the, the biggest guy on the beach when you go out there on a Saturday. He actually looks like a baseball player now. He's 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 not he's built like a baseball player now. Maybe that works. Maybe that helps. You know, he got rid of the muscle mass. It'll help with the injuries and health and all that. But he's just not at this point of his career a very good baseball player. He's just not. So yeah, I you know you know me. I've been out forever and I you know, I've been wrong once in seven years or whatever. I. I don't care. I wish him well, but I just not don't like what I've seen. He's just a power hitter. Out on Carlson, out on Stanton, mostly out on Conforto. Walker you like, but a little too pricey. Mm -hmm. Dalton Varsho. Where, where do we stand here? Right, A year ago, Ray, so much love this guy. Outfield catcher, outfield catcher. Mm -hmm. We talked about MJ Melendez yesterday. Yep. Uh, Melendez kind of figured things out in the in the back end of last season. Comes into this year, outfield only. Varsho, I don't think ever really figured anything out last year. Comes in outfield only. Where do we stand on Dalton Varsho without the catcher eligibility? Yeah. Uh, Melendez got 10 games at catcher. Varsho zero. So there's no scenario where Varsho should be catcher eligible this year. 
Uh, I think Varsha, who's a strong defensive player, like he's a really good athlete, plays good defense out there in the outfield. He's a, just a moderate hitter. And it's disappointing because he was, there was hype with his offensive game coming into the bigs. And we just haven't seen it. You know, his hit tool is not developed as expected. Uh, even The last two years he's gone 2015. So he's got the power and the speed, but he's, he's kind of deficient offensively. He just is. Mm-hmm. There's nothing he does that's outstanding offensively. Uh, he plays enough that he, you know, give you those counting category numbers and a little bit of speed and he'll be in the, in the game because of his defense. But I didn't see any growth last year. And it, it's always possible he's heading into year five. And I mean, what is he? He's 27 years old. Like it's possible he takes a step, but I didn't see anything overtly to lead me to, to the likelihood of that occurring this year. And without the catcher eligibility, he really falls down the rankings in the outfield. We're, we're fairly negative on these bums of last year, aren't we? <laughs> kind of. It sounds like it. Yeah. Not since it a rebound, maybe at the right price, but uh, don't, don't break your back uh, bending over to get any of these guys on draft day. Uh, that is our look at outfielders bums of last season. Much more on that position coming up tomorrow. Uh, time now to move out West team previews going alphabetically. Uh, let's see. Monday it was Detroit. Tuesday was Kansas city. If you missed either of those, you can always find those, uh, quote-unquote, on demand, go over to the uh, YouTube channel to hunt down or download the podcast. You'll be good to go on that front. Today, Ray, it's the LA Angels, um, a team that no longer has Shohei Otani. Um, They still don't really have Anthony Rendon. He doesn't want to be there, so. (laughs) Mike Trout's still there, but obviously a very different Mike Trout. We begin with our player profile, um, and we will go to the hill. When you lose Shohei Otani, you better have something. One of those somethings to turn to, Ray, might be Griffin Canning. Uh, which, you know, look at the numbers, right? It's just a lot of averageness. It kind of looks like Griffin canning. Uh, should we care? I feel like, you know, there's, there's 40 starting pitchers in baseball where it's like, whatever. Yeah. I guess, mm-hmm. you know, five of these guys may bust loose this year. I don't know which one I, I'm going to throw Griffin canning into this group of 40 of like guys that are just there. Am I, am I missing something with Griffin canning? I'm going to say yes and no. Um, Griffin Canning's ADP right now, I just pulled it up, for the month of February at the NFBC is 278. Okay. So he's in that zone that you're talking about where it's like, ah, uh, Griffin Canning. Like, I don't, no one's hunting Griffin Canning. Uh, I think that it's it's interesting to see that he's 27 years old. Let's remember he was a second round draft pick. The Angels always anticipated Canning being not just part of their rotation, but maybe they're two or they're three. Right. They thought he'd be really good, like a front end rotation guy. And really, to this point of his career, there's just been a lot of injuries that have precluded him from getting there. I think we saw some steps last season. To your point, the numbers aren't outstanding. The strikeout rate is good. The walk rate is, is better than average. I love seeing that. Ratios are okay. You know, he and so I think the ADP is warranted because of the fact, as you see on the screen there, he's never thrown 130 innings in the bigs, right? Mm-hmm. That's the next step. I think, I think. And he, inc- he made some incremental improvements last year. I think if we get 150, 160 innings, which, again, I don't know if, what the odds of that are, but I think if we get that, he's going to outpace his ADP. So I think at that point of the draft, I'm willing to take a chance on Canning. Uh, he's been a disappointment to date, but he's not even 28 years old yet. Yeah, and you mentioned that 28. We were talking earlier in the week about prime mm-hmm. age for guys. And, you know, for pitchers, we want them to do it immediately. It's just I, – I guess at this juncture rates. You know, it's unfair to him. He came up young, 23 years old. You know, you mentioned that the anticipation. That was 2019, and we're in 2024, and I still look at this guy, and I literally don't know who he is or what he can do or, like, what is the ceiling or what is the floor. There has been so little pitching here um, and so little of just, yeah, this guy shows signs here and there and everywhere, and I'm going to get – 26 good starts out of them or 26 starts of a four ERA and a one, two whip. It's mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel he is the classic streamer almost. It's I, I and the angel obviously don't ginger a lot of, uh, you know, expectations or respect for what they've done with other pitchers. Right. Like all these guys race seem to be falling into the same boat of, yeah, they may have came with some anticipation, but they've just become dudes. And I start to look at the angels and I start to blame the angels for all these guys just showing up and, oh, sure, there was a good outing and the next two suck. And then, oh, there's a good outing, the next three suck. And it's like just nothing here with all these pitchers they've tried to develop. Yeah, I think that's, you know, that is fair. Like when a guy comes up with the Rays, it's like, well, we're paying attention, right? Because it's their day. Angels don't have a history of doing that. I think that's absolutely fair. Reed Detmers has 
not stalled out, but he's kind of stalled the last year or two. They we thought last year was going to take a step. He didn't. Uh, I will say this again for Canning. And again, it's it's incremental growth, but his strikeout rate went up 2% last year. His walk rate went down 2% last year. He had the best ground ball rate he's ever had. Like, again, I think it's we're inching mm-hmm. upward as he figures out what works and what doesn't work with his mechanics and his age and his health and his knowledge and all that kind of stuff. But to your point, the team hasn't engendered that faith. And, you know, a great season from Canning, again, outpaces his ADP, but it doesn't get him to the point where he's a top 40 pitcher and you feel like you struck it, you know, struck gold when you drafted him uh, six months later. Let's get to four fantasy questions on this team. Um, number one, Ray, we'll start with Mike Trout. Um, let's let's just call it 115 games, which is fair number. Mm-hmm. Fair, maybe not right, but fair. 115 games, what can he do now? Because that's kind of the question, Ray. Let's just all bake in 115 games. Is he still a superstar? Maybe not with 115 games, is he? He's not. I, I, if he played 115 games, I don't think he's a superstar. I think he is in the zone where he needs that number to be 148. Uh, he's not going to run like he used to. He's admitted the last couple of years he struggled. There was an article in the Orange County Register the other day. He's, he hasn't been able to find it for two years. To his credit, I mean, he had 40 home runs two years ago. So let's, you know, it's Mike Trout. But I think that, you know, 30 home runs, 80 RBIs, 80 runs, like that's the zone I would be expecting if he played 115 games, which is good. But I don't think it's a superstar anymore. The problem of Anthony Rendon, number two. Ray, do you want anything to do with that problem? <laughs> I mean, he might be hitting cleanup behind Mike Trout. <laughs> That's been the last four years. I know, right? I know. <laughs> that, yeah. that right there was bottled from 2021. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this. Do I want anything to do with them? No, I'm not drafting him. If 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 we get off to a good start and everything, and then you're going to pick him up and a week later he's going to get hurt. Okay. His attitude and all the quotes and all that, it just, I'm, yeah, it, uh, you said it yourself. I don't even know if he really wants to be there. And been so far removed, too, from like when he could put up like a month of good numbers. Yeah. It's four years under 60 games. So, yeah, I, I'm I, if he's he's a player I'm out on, that's not my answer, but he's a player I'm out on. Uh, number three, Mickey Moniak and Nolan Chanuel. Chanel? Chanel? I'm still Chanuel is what I'm Chan- Chanuel? Yeah. Very awkward name. Chanuel. It's very French-sounding almost. Chanuel. Oh, yeah. um, these guys, Ray, um, played about a half a year, I guess, mm-hmm. last year. A little less than Chanuel's uh, side. Uh, lineup wise, maybe near the top of the order for both these guys. Uh, do you like either of them? I know you've, you've touched on Shanuel in a couple of spots. Moniac though, he, he's got a weird story of being a number one overall pick flaming out with Philadelphia and sort of found a rebirth last year with the angels. Yeah. Again, number one pick in the country was Moniac. Uh, he can't hit left-handed pitching to save his life. And I think a lot of the metrics, and we saw this late in the year last year, a lot of the metrics strongly suggested that he was over his skis at the start of the year. Uh, I think Moniac is Manny Margot is a lefty. Like I, I just I I don't think there's anything really to be seen there. Uh, Shanuel is someone that they backed off the idea of leading off um, because you know he's six four two twenty and he hits like Luis Arias. Like it's really it's got a really weird. <laughs> And I've compared him as others have too to like James Loney or Mark Grace. Like yeah. he's that type of hitter, which is if he has a 15 year career, who cares, right? But he's not a leadoff guy. He's not a speedster or anything like that. I think that Chanuel uh, is a better baseball player than he's going to be a fantasy option, though he could be a, a booster in on base percentage leagues. I'd like to see him go Ringifo at the leadoff spot. That'd be my choice if I had to make it, Kyle. We will see that getting close to opening day. A uh, question for uh, a very new look bullpen. I think we're looking at five or six additions in this bullpen. Um, And not all of them are good, obviously, but Robert Stevenson is a big name. Mm -hmm. Uh, Matt Moore's back. Luis Garcia, Adam Simber, Jose Cisneros, Estevez is still there, who they brought in last year. They're at least trying in the bullpen, but it it makes for a bit of a convoluted situation. Um, Stevenson's probably worth mentioning here, Ray, because – you know that you drafted him in the Souls League. Even if he doesn't have the ninth inning at the start of the year, he's probably the name to draft from this crew, right? Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, Estevez is one of the classic I get the job done types. Not that I dominate or I excite while I'm doing it. And 
Stevenson, you know, when he went to the Rays, they tweaked his slider grip. That's the story. And again, I said this earlier, he was arguably the best pitcher in baseball in the second half of the season. Like he, he was unbelievable. And, you know, he's the quintessential flamethrower that dominates. So uh, I think Stevenson, you know, he should emerge here as the, the ninth inning guy. But again, teams don't always play it that way. Maybe it's, you know, matchup based. Maybe they want their best guy pitching the seventh inning. Uh, one other name to mention uh, would also be Ben Joyce, who throws 102 miles an hour, whatever the hell it is, the kid out of Texas. He's trying to find his sea legs there. So they have some weapons. Soriano I like a lot. Matt Moore had a good season last year. I like their bullpen. It's kind of low-key. They got pieces here. We'll see if it gels this season. Yeah, I think Joyce, uh, I had him listed as the prospect here. They they don't have a very deep minor league pool. It's typical Angels. But uh, Joyce is one of these just absolute flamethrowers. And they're hoping they have a Johan Duran on their hands. I don't know that they do. But Joyce would be a guy that when he is called up, especially if there's a, some struggles in the ninth inning or in the late innings, Joyce will be a guy gobbled up. I don't think he's draftable, but pay attention to that name because – he could, at the very least, rack up a lot of Ks and a lot of injuries. Um, he's kind of like the kid with Oakland. Miller? Miller. Uh, Mason Miller. Yeah, that guy's always hurt. And same thing with Ben Joyce. He's always injured. Um, Ray, take a chance on whom with the Angels? I said it earlier. I'm going Luis Rangifo. I think he can bat in the leadoff spot. If he's ahead of Trout, that's huge. And he qualifies at four positions heading into the season. I'll go with Reed Detmers. Um, I think he's got a stuff. I looked at it today, made 28 starts last season in 13 of them, almost half. He had at least seven Ks. Um, now, if you look at his game by game last year, he he really faltered. He had a really mostly awful August and that really polluted his numbers. Uh, September, he kind of faded down the stretch, you know, which can be expected for a guy who throws hard. I think that's a good learning moment for him of what it takes to last a season. I'm kind of just more interested in the fact that he did last a season than how he did, but he'd be my take a chance on my pass on Ray. Um, I compare this to uh, being on a, a desert highway and I haven't eaten in three days. And every time I go past the uh, road exit, the only food option is Taco Bell. And even though I'm starving, I still keep driving. Okay. I don't want that Taco Bell. I don't want the next one. I don't want it. That is Anthony Rendon, Ray. Okay. Wow. No, so there, there you go. Anthony Rendon. That, that is a mean way of saying I will not draft the guy anywhere this year. I will say that Zach Nito is my guy. The youngster came up last year. I think he has a lot of promise long-term, uh, but I don't think he's a 30 home run guy. I don't think he's a speed guy. I think he's someone that's going to take a little bit of time to kind of find his sea legs, if you will, at the major league level. Not a lot of heat is ADPs outside the top 300. Uh, but I didn't want to go with Mickey Moniak because I think his ADP is like in the 500s. That is a look at the LA Angels. We will go uh, north on the freeway. What is it? I-5? I think that's right. I-5 freeway. Yep. Um, and talk about that other team in Los Angeles that gets no pub, the LA Dodgers. They will be the focus tomorrow on FSD. Uh, let us now bring in our good friend, Justin Finsterman, which you might be looking at your calendar and saying, wait, Justin's a Tuesday guy, not a Wednesday guy. Uh, we want to push him to Wednesday. Because today's a Watch Along Wednesday. So we can promote Watch Along Wednesday with Justin Finsterman. We can promote him and Ray later tonight, 8 to 10, which I, I guess I should stop there. Is it a Watch Along Wednesday? you got a show to do well, and a Watch Along, right, Justin? Man, you're busy yeah. tonight. How are we handling that, Justin? Yo, so that, I was going to say Watch Along Wednesday now has morphed into <laughs> pretty much the game time Discord room in the okay. Fantasy Guru Discord channel every night so now it's not only watch along wednesday but monday through thursday we're all in there sweating our action anyway so it's been great to see the growth but it kind of seems redundant for me to do a watch along wednesday what i will do though in the spirit of watch along wednesday not right after but shortly after the show is over tonight i'll head back into those discord rooms and see what's going on and maybe try to strike up a conversation if anyone's up late night sweating their bets or anything like that. But Watch Along Wednesday has morphed into the Elite Sports Game Time Discord room. So, Kyle, I hope to see you in there as well, even though I know you really don't do the internet. No, no, not not in the evening. I'm, I'm not. It, it, I don't consider You're never, things. ever going to go to that game time room. You probably don't even have a Discord handle. No. I, I got handles on my waist. I don't have handles. I see you wearing this Hawks jersey. So you must want to talk about Trey Young, who's got a broken hand. 
Um, Deontay Murray, like, oh, wow, he's going to take – last night was fine. You know, nothing special is the first game without Young. He's going to miss a month. Talk about Murray. Do we see a liftoff here, or is there other Hawks we should care about with no Trey Young? I mean, that is a usage god there with Trey Young, and now he's out of the uh, out of the equation for the Hawks. Well, I surely did last night. That's why I put him in the core four, and like you <laughs> said, we didn't really get what we wanted out of him there, but moving forward, he's going to be the guy running the point for most of the rest of the way as Trey Young recovers. But then some of the other guys that benefit as well, and you guys saw in the betting discord that I – often go after this guy when it comes to either points or points rebounds, and that's Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson is now, to me, the undisputed second prioritized scorer for the Atlanta Hawks behind DeJounte Murray is going to be spending a lot of time with the ball. So that's a player for the next few games we're going to be looking at when it comes to props. His points are in the teens still. We're going to be looking at them. Once they start hitting 22-23, we're done with that. It's like kind of getting off a stock once all of a sudden you – can benefit from it, sell it before it splits. When he hits that 20-point mark, that's where it splits. That's where we go away with him. And a couple of other players to watch out for. Bogdan Bogdanovich is someone that's going to have a ton more usage. Time to run the offense as well, especially more with the second unit. And he'll be able to help out the first unit a little bit by being a set scorer. And then someone else that we need to start looking at, taking a little bit more seriously, because he remains in that 5 to 6K range for DFS. DeAndre Hunter, the often forgot about forward because Sadiq Bey has a little bit more to his skill set, but Hunter's going to be getting some more minutes too. And even if he gets 25 to 28, he could do damage there. So that's a DFS dart that I'm going to be watching for value. Justin, the uh, Rockets lost to the Thunder last night. They filled eight games under 500. Uh, Alvin Shangoon has done a lot of nice things, but what else can we be looking at here with this team DFS angle, wagering angle? Talk to us a little bit about what's going on here. Well, unfortunately, Ray, the Fred Van Vliet, when he's on a team, he often controls most of the possession. And I noticed with Fred Van Vliet, he's not in a rush to pass. Now, if you guys know basic fundamentals of basketball, it's you want to make a few passes because eventually that's where you find the opening to the basket. Fred Van Vliet has no problem going isolation every single time. And when he's as volatile of a shooter as he is, it's going to take the ball and effective shots out of the rest of the team's hands. And if we can't really trust him for DFS, we can trust Jalen Green a little bit more. He's producing in more categories than just scoring. So he has a little bit more trust between the two. Someone else that I often talked about earlier before the season even began, who I was expecting to have a bit of a breakout, and we've seen him have those flashes of leveling up at the power forward position. But Jabari Smith, when he's playing in the post, I love the hell out of him. When he's standing there at the arc, I almost want to disown him at this point <laughs> because I just need this guy to be battling in the post, helping Shangun. Shangun's a great passer. He needs to be outside of the paint sometimes. You got to get Smith in there. When he's in there, he's looking like he could be a strong power forward for the future. In DFS, what the good thing about all that is, he keeps his price down. And that's why someone that often goes overlooked that I'm looking when it comes to value is Jabari Smith. We were watching, we're talking Justin Fenster here. We were watching the game last night between the Bucks and the Hornets. The, the Bucks won by 38 points, but there was a part in the game where there was less than two minutes left in the third period where I think it was 91 to 45. <laughs> I remember right. Like they had legitimately doubled them up. So the Hornets stink. You talked about it. LaMelo Ball. Everyone's hurt. They don't got anything. Okay. Brandon Miller's number two pick in the 2023 draft. What are we going to see? Are we going to see things change for him down the stretch? Are we going to see more, more growth from him? What are your expectations here with the Hornets team, Justin, who you've mentioned, they just have lost a lot of pieces. Yeah, they're going nowhere. And at this point, Miles Bridges is their top scoring option until LaMelo Ball can play consistently. But then you've got Brandon Miller, and he's going to be able – the world is his oyster at this point. He's going to get time with the ball. He's going to get to create. And when it comes to Brandon Miller, the one thing he needs to do – and I don't know why he's afraid to take contact. It's a contact sport. you got to be able to drive to the basket and sacrifice your body. He's unwilling to do that, guys. What he'll do is he'll be dribbling and dribbling – get inside the arc, and rather than try to drive to the basket and draw some contact, he'll then do the old Mark Jackson, turn his back around, and try to immediately low post you quickly, and it just doesn't work. It's too much dribbling, as my youth coach used to say. Too much dribbling, and especially stay out of the corner. He hasn't learned to do that just yet. He'd rather take a very hard, off-balance turnaround jumper than try to drive and draw contact, and that's something that's going to have to change. And clearly, the Hornets coaches – 
need to be watching this stream and this show every day because that's how they're going to learn how to fully utilize Brandon Miller correctly. I love the growth that I've seen from him. I think we're going to see more shots down the stretch, but we need to see this guy get to the basket. So teams aren't always playing up on him. Otherwise, he's going to be passing a lot more than shooting. Justin Fitzerman hanging out with us on Fantasy Sports Daily, our weekly get-together to talk some hoops. Uh, there are a lot of freaks in this league, guys who are just crazy, measurements, numbers, all that. One of them is Luka Doncic. And uh, last night, 45 points, nine boards, 14 assists. That's kind of like what you expect every night. Justin is throwing his face into his hands here. Yeah. My, my question is this. He's good. Is he worth... Because in DFS, Justin, every night he's like over 12K, right? 12.4, 12.5. That, that's really expensive. Where do you stand on paying up for Luca on most slates? Well, on most slates, I'm kind of 50-50 with it. It depends on the matchup. Last night I was not on him at all. I didn't even write him up. And Oh, Justin. I did it, but Kyle, here's why. If there was any matchup that I thought could limit him, and it didn't happen the last time because Kyrie Irving was out, with a healthy Kyrie Irving against one of the best defenses in the league and the best defensive backcourt in the league, I thought that his ceiling would be lowered and he wouldn't have given us that 5X return that we would have needed from him, especially with Kyrie Irving healthy. And boy, was I wrong. I knew about seven minutes into the game that I was screwed <laughs> and people were going to be coming after me. And I'm lucky that I still have my job because of that. And I have no problem. I didn't mean to bring it up. I didn't know it was that bad. No, you know, you know what? We need to bring it up because we're going to get <laughs> stuff wrong. And trust me, I was eating a ask Ray. I was eating a lot of crow on the show last night. Rightfully so. I should have realized this guy is one of the best in the league for a reason. And the best players in the league often beat the toughest matchups in the league. And to see what he did, I didn't expect it to that extent. He was the number one DFS player by far. We're talking nearly 30 points for most of the night. And I didn't write him up. And I read the matchup correctly, I thought. I thought that between the pace down spot that Dallas was in, so they weren't going to have as many possessions, Kyrie Irving being healthy, I almost thought it was a trap. And so did a lot of DFS players, guys, because I've been talking to our Elite Mafia subscribers in Discord this morning, and they're telling me in some of them that in their contest, he was like freaking 5% owned. So people had the same mindset as I did. If there was any damn matchup that could limit this guy, it's that one. And clearly I was wrong about that. Yeah, that's why they call it DFS, baby. You, you crunched all the numbers. Everybody crunched the numbers and then the game happened. And, and that's the greatness, I guess, of Luca. We, and we can't cash when we're not having a player like that in our lineup. So close up everybody's chances. Yeah. yeah. Um, last thing, we got like 30 seconds here. Chris Paul's back. Anyone care? Should we care? Or is it like just nothing with Golden State? So you're not going to be able to find him on waivers or anything like that. But here's what I would do, because he's going to be limited for at least a few games here. Try to trade him. Cheat trade. Trade someone if they need a score, just someone for points. Try to trade him in points leagues and trade for him. Because that's somebody that can get you just enough to be worth it, even if he's playing 20, 22 minutes. This Warriors team moves at a very fast pace. And with Steph Curry shooting like he's been, they're going to need Chris Paul's relief a little bit more. So I'm thinking that you make try to make a very, very cheap trade for him. Don't trade the farm for this guy. He's over the hill. Ray, uh, you got a guess on who's a uh, Hawks jersey? He's wearing. I mean, there's like. Uh, yeah, I mentioned Dominique Wilkins last night. I, I don't. I don't know if Justin. Uh, it's not Trey Young. Please tell me it's not Trey Young. It is. It would never be Trey Young. Okay. It is the human highlight film. Dominique Wilkins. Cliff Livingston. No, it's not. <laughs> and it's not. <laughs> and it's, sure, it's surely not Doc Rivers. It's not Mookie Blaylock. It's not Stacy Ogman. None of them. Not Kevin Willis. Not Kevin Willis. <laughs> I, I knew you were going there next. Not Kevin Willis. Not Grant Long. None of those guys. Grant Long. Uh, we're going to have to get Not Adam Keefe either. Yeah, I think everybody who wears a Hawks anything, it's always Wilkins. Dominique. He I feel like he wasn't respected as much as some of the legends of the game. Shadow of Jordan. Shadow of Jordan. Okay, that's, I mean, that's. Well, he never won. I mean, the guy literally never won anything. No, and some of those Hawks teams were able to compete in 94. I believe they were the one seed, and then they went down to Indiana in the second round. They just, kind of like the Cleveland Cavaliers back then, could never get past, like, that second round. So no one knew who the hell, like, Brad Doherty and Mark Price were. <laughs> Justin, great stuff. We'll talk next week, uh, and we'll catch you later tonight, you and Ray, on SiriusXM. Thank you guys so much.
Uh, Six-game slate, I think, tonight. So they'll have a write-up, a couple of write-ups, cheat sheets, all that good stuff over at FantasyGuru.com as you get set with your lineups. And again, Justin and the crew in Discord there. Uh, final thing for us, Ray, as we hit the clock here, um, some NFL news. Yesterday we said, oh, nobody wants their running backs, although the Giants disputed that. They, they did say they have at least some, you know, they might use the tag on Saquon Barkley. But wide receivers, Ray, Tampa said to be making inroads with Mike Evans. Yep. Uh, reports that Jacksonville wants to keep Calvin Ridley. And the Raiders are wanting to, to hold on to Devontae Adams. So you, you think all three of these guys are back with their team next year? Well, it's interesting. I guess Baker Mayfield, they're going to run back both those guys. At least that's their plan, Evans and Baker Mayfield. Uh, Ridley, and they need. I think they need him. He wasn't super consistent on a weekly basis, but obviously brought a nice dynamic to that uh, Jaguars offense. The Raiders went with Devontae Adams. I mean, who's throwing him the football? It sounds like they're out on Garoppolo. We learned, if we didn't already know, that Aiden O'Connell wasn't the answer there. So who's going to be chucking passes? I think that you know, there's a lot of uncertainty there. We have Josh Jacobs likely not going to be back. We don't know who the quarterback is going to be. Uh, Devontae Adams is not going to want to just get paid. He wants to win. So that'll be an interesting one to see how it plays out. Um, and good news for uh, you long-suffering Kyle Pitts franchise, you know, keeper, dynasty owners. Uh, Johnu Smith is gone. Atlanta is, is releasing him. Isn't that crazy, Ray? He's like every week was making plays over Kyle Pitts and we get to February and the Falcons release him. It sounds like they're ready to make that decision. 50-50 odds he goes to the Steelers with Arthur Smith? What do you think? <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah. See you later, Pat Fryermuth. Thanks for the memories. Uh, we thank you for the memories. Been a fun one today. Tomorrow we'll hit you with another hour, 11 a.m. Eastern, myself and Ray. Uh, again, we're going to tackle the Dodgers. We'll tackle another article that Ray's put together over at Fan. It's more on oh. outfielders, all that good stuff. Uh, Ray, have a great rest of your Wednesday. Busy one. You're going to be on with Jeff. You're going to mm -hmm. be on with Justin. I will talk to you tomorrow when you're probably hoarse. I'll do my best. I'll drink some tea, Cal. Good talking to you today. We'll look forward to it. Tea is important. Tea is important. Water tea. Let that be the best advice for today. Water, kids. Lots and lots of water. Uh, see you tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern. This has been Fantasy Sports Daily, powered by FantasyGuru.com.